Hey everybody, welcome back to this week's episode of the Steam Machine Podcast. My name is Dalton and joining me as always are my good buddies. Yo, it's Nate. Hey, it's Billy. What's good? And this week we dove into some dreams, had some nightmares, and fought some bad guys. But before we get to that, <laughs> gentlemen, how are you doing this week? Man, I'm doing really good. So I remember at the on last stream we kind of talked about how I'd started my speed running journey. Well, mm-hmm. Shortly after that episode, I did a stream where I actually did get a personal best, and I'm now tied for fourth place in the world with um, speedrunning Predator. So, oh, cue the Ric Flair woo! <laughs> woo! Woo! Yeah, so I'm pretty pumped up about that. It was a really cool experience. I had a lot of people in chat while that happened, and everybody made that really special for me. So, I really enjoyed that. That's awesome. That's awesome, dude. Um, it was a lot of fun to watch it. Your, your enthusiasm and your genuine, like, I don't know, man. There was a sense of real triumph when you actually got the run to finally come together continuous. Like, it was really awesome to be there yeah, for it. I'm, I'm excited because I still feel like I have a lot of work to put in the game, and I'm going to. But I'm also starting to think I, I really want to come up with a second game to speedrun. I just have to kind of decide what that is because I'm not sure even in the slightest. So any ideas, share them on the Discord. You can find the. I'm guessing it's not going to be Terminator no, Two, but you can find the Discord and help me with that if you want to at the Steam Machine Podcast and click the Discord link and give me some advice. Yeah, <laughs> early yeah, plugs. Just, and as as you were doing that, I swear I just cracked my knuckle so hard on the corner of my desk. That's why I was like, oh, like I was giving you thumbs up for doing the plug, and when I dropped my hand, it just destroyed it. Oh, that hurts so bad. I thought you were just really into him doing the plug. He was like yeah, shaking his boy. fist like, yeah, 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 yeah. Well, yeah, what, what about you, Willie? It's How's like he's about to roll some going? dice. Man, I've been tired. I've been, I don't know. It's it's coming out of summer right now. I've been a little oversleeping and waking up with a few too many, or a few too few, you know, stu- uh, sunlight hours left in the day. So that's not great, but I got up early today. I'm going to try to get some, you know, lunch and dinner shifts to go in the next few weeks. You know, few days because I'd like to save up money for a thing coming up fairly soon, and uh, I've got a couple bills to pay also. So just gonna keep on keeping on, but kind of at that phase where I'm just kind of you know, eh, hanging in there. Yeah, I feel you, man. I've been real tired lately too for some reason. I uh, I do start. Uh, I did. I was able to uh, score another job, and I start tomorrow. So I'm looking forward to that. It's in another kitchen. It's a seafood grill. Um, that's like well established so it's not uh a new place by any means um and it, it's from what i can tell is a very popular restaurant so uh i got, I got my working boots strapped on for tomorrow because uh i'm probably gonna get my ass handed to me getting used to everything and it'll be it'll be interesting though it'll be interesting i it's a little further drive but it's uh, a little more money so kind of makes up for it it's a little bit more money and i'm sure that you won't be as worried about getting your hours cut to absolute zero i mean as far as you know aren't you still employed at the other place <laughs> yeah as far as i know like they could just like hit me up at any time and be like hey you want to come in i'm just gonna be like no go fuck yourself <laughs> like well i mean at least you build up some uh endurance some practice standing on your boots all day so yeah. at least that's gonna be helpful you know, it sucks getting your, you completely clean your clock the first day you're in like a warehouse or other kind of standing up job. Yeah, I'm just hoping that they have those. Uh, oh, are they stress? Anti fatigue pads. Yeah, those. Because 
thank you. I was going to call them stress mats, but I'm like, that's not right. Yeah, the anti-fatigue fads, man, because I had one of those back there in our dish room, and it made a huge difference. Yeah, I don't know why those work. I'm, I can't understand. You're still standing all day, but your, your legs really don't just give out as early as they would. I feel it's like. weird. It's like instead of standing on something solid, there's just the slightest bit of cushion to it. So it's almost like, I guess it doesn't put as much pressure on your knees and back. I really don't know yeah, how it works, but that. God, I'm fucking thankful they exist. <laughs> <laughs> no, that, that makes sense. Maybe it's more related to joint impact than anything else. I would buy that. Yeah, I mean, that's just what I what I thought. Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm looking forward to that. And um before we get into the show there's a couple things i wanted to touch on first and foremost shout out to jeff you the man jeff yeah jeff um, also uh if you would like a shout out you can go to our patreon at uh the steam machine podcast.patreon.com or is it no it's patreon.com slash steam machine podcast yeah these websites need to choose a format and just <laughs> because it's like I, i'm always getting them backwards but yeah uh, well all of our links are at the wordpress if you go to if you go to our website, uh, steammachinepodcast.wordpress.com, like Nate had us already mentioned, uh, yeah, then all of the links are there. But there is a tier that uh, that you can subscribe to, and you get a shout out every episode if that's your thing. So just uh, check that out if you're if that, you know you're interested. But um, also, I had some very kind listeners to our show message me throughout this week. Um, Dark Aries hit me up. And he sent me three Steam keys um, for the Hyperdimension Neptunia Rebirth trilogy, uh, one, two, and three. And he wants me to do a giveaway for those. So I am currently trying to uh, concoct what to do for a giveaway that would encourage people to participate to possibly win some games that are near and dear to my heart. I love that series. You know, the uh, the meta fourth wall breaking is just hilarious. I promise. Um, those are the ones where you're like embodiments of like Sega consoles and stuff, right? Yeah. No, Neptune's the embodiment of the Sega console, Noir's PlayStation, Vert's Xbox. Right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's, it's really fun. And they have Doggoos, which I showed you guys this week. Which oh, yeah. Are like their play on slimes. And they were fantastic. One of the Doggoos like was them. named Goober. <laughs> it was good. But like, for instance, in one, like one of the, uh, one of the hyperdimension Neptunia games, you, you'll see these little random people you can talk to, like on the little quote unquote world map that you have, and they're just NPCs that'll give you little tips. And it'll be like a dude peeking out from under a box, and his name will be like Snake something or something like that. You know what I mean? It's it's just like little little. Uh, you'll talk to a dude who looks like Luigi, who's just saying his his brother is a fame hog, <laughs> and, and little things like that. it's just it's fun, um, and then. Tux uh, sent me two keys um, for Drawful 2 and You Don't Know Jack Sports edition. So uh, I'm going to figure out a way to uh, you know, make those available to people as well. Um, I just wanted to throw that out there. So if anybody's got like any ideas for uh, possible uh, giveaway or like you guys like, would you guys rather try to take a quiz about the show? You know, just I just want ideas that I can kind of mull around in my head because uh at the moment i haven't been able to come up with anything <laughs> first person to beat nate's speed run record gets a copy of <laughs> oh man um two other quick things uh i was playing pga tour today had a had an amazing game uh three chipping eagles one of them was at 124 yards so i was just i was proud of that it was a good game um i think i ended up 
the ending that with like 23 under or something like that it was it was impressive uh even to me and i screenshotted it because it'll probably never happen again ever <laughs> and one 124 is a good chip. What's the longest you've ever put the ball in from? Because, uh, I mean, you might be on your way to your first hole in one. Uh, in this game, that was my longest. Uh, knocking the ball in was definitely was that one. It's pretty good. Pretty um, good. And then one other thing that I had brought up in the Discord is that I started playing this game on the side called Blackthorn Arena, which is the gladiator game that I've always wanted. It's like a top-down, almost like think like um, Baldur's Gate-esque combat style. But then you also have to like run your Ludos and you have to buy slaves and like turn them into gladiators or whether they run your medic place with your torture chamber and all that kind of stuff. It's kind of like a sim thing combined with a gladiator fighting style game. It's, it's really it's really a good time. I enjoy it. So do you just do the management of the arena or you also have like tactics inside the gladiator fights too? Oh, no. Yeah. Um, you do the management and you are... Like you can you can put fights on auto and just let your dudes go do the thing, or technically I think it's called real time with pause because you can like hit space and it'll pause it and then you can like tell this guy go attack this person then use this move, and then when you unpause it they'll go and do what you told them to do. Okay. And it's there's been some cool battles, man, because there's a bunch of different armors and weapons that you can use for different your different people. Um. It's the funniest to me, though, like when you go into a fight and the, the other people are like, you'll never leave this arena alive. And then like two seconds after they say that, I eviscerate them <laughs> and they die. Yeah. Classic Skyrim banded overconfidence. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, did, did you guys play anything else interesting this week? All I've really played this week, my man, is Knights and Fallout 3. <laughs> Word up. Well, we can save the Fallout 3 chatter for next week. Oh, yeah, for sure. For sure. Um, then let's go ahead and get into it, man. Um, Hit us with the OWBS, my dude. Yes. Nights into Dreams is a 1996 action game developed by Sonic Team and published by Sega for the Sega Saturn. Now, I already have something to say. I never would have guessed that Sonic Team did this. Yeah, it's interesting because I looked this up too, and this is the first game they made after Sonic 3 and Knuckles. And I was like, really? This is where they went right after Sega Genesis, Sonic 3 and Knuckles. I was really surprised wow. by that as well. Uh, the story follows teenagers Elliot Edwards and Clarice Sinclair. I think that would be Clarice or Clarice. I was oh, saying Clarice. Clarice. Just in my I've Clarice. been saying Clarice, yeah. Uh, who enter Nightopia, a dream world where all dreams take place. With the help of knights and exiled Knight Marin, uh, they begin the journey to stop an evil ruler, Wise Man, from destroying Nightopia and consequently the real world. Player-controlled knights flying through Elliot and Clar Clarice's dreams to gather enough energy to defeat Wise Man and save Nightopia. The game is presented in 3D and imposes time limits on every level, which the player must accumulate points to proceed. And yeah, uh, the development began after the release of Sonic and Knuckles in 1994. Although the concept originated in 1992, much like moi. <laughs> uh, that's interesting. Um, yeah, it would be real interesting to see what the 1992 version of this game would look like. Because if they wanted to bring it out for the... I mean, maybe they thought of it as a 32X launch title or an arcade game too, not a th uh, Genesis game. Because there's no way... This I was thinking maybe Genesis, they had right? like something like Sonic 3D Blast in mind. Ooh, oh man, you might be right. Something like isometric instead of having the shifting perspective. Yeah, it might not have been a great time. <laughs> this this paragraph in the, on the Wikipedia just throws in the most random 
so listen to this real quick. I didn't mean to interrupt you guys. I'm sorry. It's just this took me by surprise. Okay, so development was led by Sonic Team veterans uh, Yuji Naka, uh, Naoto Oshima, and Takashi Izuku. I think is how, Izuka. Is how you say that? Uh, Naka began the project with the main idea revolving around flight, and Oshima designed the character Knights to resemble an angel that could fly like a bird. Oshima designed Knights as an androgynous character. The team conducted research on dreaming and REM sleep and was influenced by the work and theories of uh, psychoanalysts Carl Jung and Sigmund Freud. (laughs) An analog controller was designed alongside the game to be sold with some retail copies. So, like, what the fuck... (laughs) That's a really shocking yeah, that paragraph. Yeah, kind of bounced all over the place, my dude. <laughs> it's just like, right there in the middle, they're like, oh yeah, they studied psychoanalysts for this game, by the way. And it's like, why? Why did you study psychoanalysts for this game? This game brought to you by Carl Jung and the Sega Saturn 3D controller. <laughs> two concepts that mesh perfectly. Uh and the last little bit of uh, obligatory Wikipedia bullshit that I have is the Nights into Dreams received acclaim for its graphics, gameplay, soundtrack, and atmosphere. Uh, it has appeared on several several lists of the greatest games of all time. Uh, a shorter Christmas-themed version, Christmas Nights, was released in December of 1996, um, and it was ported to uh, Nights into Dreams was ported to PlayStation 2 in 2008 in Japan, and a high-definition version was released worldwide for PlayStation 3, Xbox 360, and Windows in 2012. A sequel, Nights Journey of Dreams, was released on the Wii in 2007. Yeah, I kind of want to seek that out that. now. Like. I might, yeah. might want to stop by the used game store just to see if I can see that somewhere. And if it's not too terribly expensive, pick up a copy because that'd be interesting to see what they did with it on a more uh, powerful, I guess, console. Yeah, I, uh, <laughs> I I would be interested in that too. I don't have a Wii, and uh, obviously, since you don't have Wii modes, emulating Wii is kind of a pain in the ass. But I would be I would be interested in seeing that. I wonder if there's like maybe some YouTube footage I could look. I'd just like to see what the aesthetic that they kept the same yeah. vibe, you know. That's interesting. Um, so, first thoughts. Also, did you play remaster or the remi- uh, the uh, original? Willie, what's up? I want to jump right in before I even say first thoughts. Because I'd seen this game, video clips of it when I was a kid. I'd seen it before. I knew what the characters looked like. I had no idea what the gameplay actually was in this. Like, I didn't know if it was like a shooter or a platformer or what. So I thought, like, before we even got any further, I'd like to say what you do in this game to make anything we say in the future make a little more sense. That's fair. Go ahead, So, it is, um, it starts off almost like a platformer because you're in control of a character, like, the kid you pick at the beginning of the game. There's two kids that go into the dream. They meet a character named Knights, and Knights is your main avatar in the game. Your character meets Knights. You play as Knights, and they fly around and all that. Um, The Knights sequences are this, I guess you could say, 2.5D flying game. It's uh, you control by like flying around. It's not really a platform. It's not really like exactly like any other game I've ever played. You have a lot of, there's a little bit of momentum. You kind of loop de loop around and stuff as you fly. If you want to, you have kind of not fully momentum based controls, but there is elements of uh, drag and all of that to it. I do want to say, I did not figure out that you could loop around stuff and it would give it all to you at once <laughs> until I had completed two levels. Oh, no. of the characters. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Just continue. <laughs> it took a while before I realized that that was a major mechanic that you actually have to do like to get decent times because the the main mechanics of the game seem to be um, collecting stuff like you go through rings or you pick up stars or chips and that's how you 
get a combo going. It calls it links, and your combo is like your highest score element. But you also, the, the each level, each dream is divided into four mares, which is like acts in Sonic. You go around different paths on the same course, and your goal is to pick up 20 of these blue orbs. And you collect the blue orbs and find the, it's called the idea collector, or uh, idea capture. And you hit that, and then you go to the end of the stage, and then it starts you on the next level. You have 120 seconds for each mare, and then once you've hit the thing you have bonus time until you get to the end of the thing and you repeat that four times and you go to a boss fight where you mostly will be like you don't have like regular attacks in this game your dash is kind of a move that touches things and tries to set them up for yeah which attack. is kind of similar to things that Sega does you know like your attack you only have really one button that does anything in the sonic games and the same kind yeah. of applies to knights yeah. yeah i mean there's a trick button on the joystick the the pads the side buttons but what there is is there yeah but it don't you only get points for tricking if you're in you know when you go through the white and blue loop and it gives you a yellow ribbon behind you that you get more points from if you hit the corner buttons during that the the bumpers you get you do a trick and it adds to your little multiplier no shit i did not know that at all (laughs) okay it's a teeny tiny thing Uh, i mean you got you scored a lot better than i did and i know you didn't use it apparently um the little nightkin or whatever they're called the little dudes that are running around they're like the, the friendly nightopians little friendly ones uh you can make them mate mm-hmm. and produce an egg like and shit and i was like what that is such a strange mechanic to just throw into this game it's it's a very sexy yeah, it's like chow garden though, you know? and sonic adventure you yeah know? <laughs> i don't know i've never played sonic adventure oh my god i do own it though i do own it though i do own it um but uh so that basically that's what I was going to say is like, so you're flying around and you you got kind of a semi 3d flight. You don't fly backwards into the stage, except sometimes the camera kind of rotates beside you and then you're flying into the stage for certain short elements of it. But for the most part, you're just, it's very free form soaring, diving, looping around, accelerating and trying to just pick up all the stuff, get these combos, you know, find the right routes through things. There aren't a lot of enemies, and most of the enemies don't really try to hurt you, or at least they can't really unless they you just walk right into them. And so it's it's mostly I don't know. Once you know the paths, it seems like it's a pretty soothing game. Did uh did either of you ever run out of time? Once. Oh boy, that I should that I should mention what happens when you run out of time because that's actually so. If you get to zero time in the level night you lose your fusion with knights and that means you fall down onto the level you're no longer knights or the kid you started out as you're not flying anymore you just have a little arrow pointing you back towards the start of the level where you've got to try to get to there before an an egg with an alarm clock (laughs) timer egg chases you down yeah yeah that motherfucker's so annoying (laughs) it makes a really (laughs) loud and unpleasant noise yeah it uh what I was impressed though is when you do run if like if you do run out of time and you fall on your other character is that when you approach like say a big cliff that you need to go over to get to where you're going like they will climb up it like they they, yeah. they programmed it to like the characters will climb yeah which I found to be awesome like it's not like I don't know what's yeah. what's some other uh, games where you have to just try to jump over my it's oh it's just Skyrim. very forgiving when you're playing as the kids. <laughs> Oh yeah, yeah. No, there's. It's not like Skyrim. The cliffs are very like much hot. just a suggestion. Yeah, <laughs> you can you jump pretty high. It's just you don't want to be playing as the kids because 
you've if you if you if you if you lose knights and you become the kids knights is the the weird character that you've seen on the box art by the way their name is knights i'm saying they because it's supposedly designed to be a completely androgynous character i get the impression personally knights reminds me a lot of when a small grown woman plays a little boy in a theater <laughs> Like it makes me think of Mr. B natural. Not not great. Kind of creepy. See, I looked at it as uh this is good Kefka. Good Kefka? Yeah. It's it has jestery vibes. I don't you said angel. Like, yeah, I definitely got more jester than angel, sure. but I buy the androgyny thing because honestly, I didn't I can't really assign a gender to it. Not that that would be my job anyway. But you play as the same avatar character as both Claris and Elliot, so no matter which yeah. one you do, and there's two of them at the end. So I do buy that. We need to uh, we need a ROM hack of this with uh, knights changed into gold dust. <laughs> oh god, it's <laughs> pretty good. That would, a different, that'd a be different fantastic. <laughs> but yeah, um, guys. So like, like we said, the gameplay, like, and everything. What were your first impressions? Start with you, Willie, because I know you gave the whole big detail. But what were your first impressions when you actually got in there and first started playing it? I really thought the moment I got in there, I was I got really confused at first because the game doesn't. It make it real obvious where to go. But the more I started to figure out, the more I realized if I'd grown up with this game, I probably would have played it a few. I would have played it every few months, all the time. Like it seems like the kind of game that's really rewarding once you've got over the original hump. Like it's just it's really whimsical. Like the the there's a really good feeling to flying around, and the dreamlike settings is super cool. Like there's a lot of weird dream logic in the game that just I don't know. It kind of I thought it was really neat. What yeah, about for you? me, when I first got into it, you know. First thing you notice is just how it's a really cute game. Like, everything about it's really cute. And, like you were saying, to its credit earlier, how, like, those later-than-PS1 kind of era polygonal graphics hold up pretty decently. I thought the polygonal graphics really actually still looked pretty good from this one as well. Um, The character designs, I really thought they were cute. I liked the knights a lot. I thought the uh, character, like, the kids were just kind of, like, you know, generic anime kids. But they were fine for what they were. But one thing is, it definitely did not play the way I expected it to. I expected more of like, yeah, you know, when you're flying in a Spyro game, you have like X, Y, Z, X, Y, Z, yeah, X, Y, and Z axis control of where Spyro goes. But in a game like this, you only had control like two of the axes at once. Sometimes it'd be the X and Y, and sometimes it'd be like the X and Z axis. So it's kind of interesting the way they handled that. Yeah, I absolutely expected the flying to be like, kind of like you said, spiral, like kind of gliding intermediate between platforming sections of a game. Like, I didn't think that that was going to be the main gameplay yeah. mechanic. And then the other thing is like, you know, it was really cute. And like, I played two levels, and then I put it down, came back to it later. But the other thing that I thought, it took me a, a minute to figure out how to destroy that little cylinder thing. And that was that you collected the orbs. So I was like collecting all the stars, all the orbs, trying to get everything. And then eventually I realized it was just the orbs that counted towards destroying the thingamajig. But yeah. Oh, yeah. The, the little alien brainiac looking <laughs> floating thing. Yeah. yeah. What about you, Dalton? When you first booted in, what'd you think? Uh... Well, my first, my very first thought was, I thought it was cool that they included the remastered version and the original mm. Saturn version, um, yeah. which I did play both. And I'll say that I'll totally admit that the remastered version looks better. I like the aesthetic of the Saturn version. Um, there's something to me about 3D, but then like the things you're collecting are 2D, but they they look really nicely incorporated. And there's just something about the way that those mesh together that i i personally i really enjoy um yeah i kind of wish that i would have played in the um 
Saturn mode too because I only played the remastered version because I was trying to do everything yeah, in it. But now I'm kind of like I should go back and take a look at that because that would be really cool to see. Yeah, I, I I recommend that you pop in and check it out. Like it's it's definitely a it it holds up really well. Like that art style, I think really does. Um, it made me curious to check out some other Saturn games to see what they looked like. You know, um, my first impressions of this game is I fucking hated it. Um, <laughs> I love no. Let me rephrase that. I loved the graphics. I loved the music. Um, the gameplay itself had to grow on me um i had issues with like i'm so used to like inverted flight controls mm. that when i went into it with this mm. it was it took me a while to get used to up is up and down is down yeah you know but once i got that like down pat it was easier um i yeah at times it feels less like flight controls and more almost like you're drawing with the thumbs yeah you get that feeling? absolutely like you're trying to totally. just make circles and lines trying to piece these things together um I did enjoy uh, the gameplay loops where they would change them up every time you'd run through. You weren't going through the same loop each time. Um, I absolutely 125% fucking hate the boss fights in this game. Um, yeah. The the first one that I did wasn't so bad, which was the first boy boss, and I don't particularly remember what it was. It wasn't very memorable to, memorable to me. Um, the one that sticks out in my head that would drive me crazy, I believe, was Claris, and it was the like frog snake thing. They have the really where, long tail, yeah. Yeah, you had to hit it under its jaw, dude. After doing that like six times, and he had some tail left, I was like, I get the point. Yeah. What the fuck? Um, I agree yeah. with that point a lot. That the boss fights drug on a little bit longer than they needed to, and. They weren't exactly signposted very well, so there were some you had to like figure out what to do, and it could take you that whole first boss attempt to figure that out. And then like once you figure it out, like oh, and then you could go back and play the whole level and beat the whole level again, and then have to beat the boss. Yeah, that was my big complaint. There's no life system in this game. If you run out of time during the boss fight, you're done. It's very frustrating because the game doesn't really communicate what you're supposed to do on the boss fights. To my perspective, out of seven boss fights in the game, there were two good ones. Which were they? So, um, it's the one where you were up against the kind of inflatable balloon lady that you had to keep pushing to the right. That one was actually kind of cool because it was pretty obvious what you were doing the moment. Yeah, you that was my favorite times. one. And then I thought the I thought the final boss was actually pretty acceptable. Word. See, I didn't see either of those. I didn't get that far. Um, there was a boss that I got to, and uh, it was the, whichever. Uh, man, I wish I could remember what it was called or what it was even like because i played it one time and went nope <laughs> and set it down it was whichever one was after uh it was claris um where you had to do the there was like the big giant demon doggy thing hopping between the rockets with the mouse yeah mouse um that took me like five tries to figure out how to beat that one and then once i did it was the next level that i just i just gave up i can't remember the order of all the bosses unfortunately but i do remember that rocket boss as you were talking about and that was one of the ones that took me two tries to get through but once i figured out how to do it it wasn't so bad but <clears throat> i don't know to me i didn't have as much issue with the bosses as you guys did and i'm not sure why that is like i might have lost to it the first time but the second time i got to it i'd always beat it so like the levels generally only took me two tries to get through if not one 
most levels took me two tries, but I found that really upsetting because no matter how well I did my first run of the level, it didn't matter because I was going to get 120 or fewer seconds to look at a boss, not have it be obvious that I was doing damage to it, especially the first time I faced the first boss on Claris's level. And, like, I it just really turned me off to play through the whole thing and be like, ah, you didn't do this task. You don't get a, you know, turn back into Claris and run around the level thing. You don't get a continue. You don't get anything. It's just... All, all your high score or whatever you did, completely meaningless. Yeah. I And I wonder if that was an intentional I I, decision at some point, because this is a very short video game, and I wonder yeah. if they made it like kind of like trial and error so that it would it would take you more than one try to get through something. I wonder if that might have been slightly intentional. Yes, yes, it does. But that's the problem, is there are two separate trial and error phases you have to go through before you can even finish the game. Because first there's that clearing every stage where you actually figured out how to beat the boss and get through all the levels without running out of time and all that but to get to the final stage you also have to get a b grade or a c grade or higher there's a grading system in the game where if you don't get enough points or if you don't get a high fast enough time on the boss because that depletes your multiplier for your final score you don't get a high enough grade you can't go to the last level so i felt like first off i was i had this weird feeling when i was trying to learn the game like i was studying for an exam <laughs> like first I had to try to beat it to pass it. Then I had to try to get a good grade in it. And it just, <laughs> uh, it, it, it made it a lot rougher. And I get the feeling that if I go back in now, I'm going to have a lot more fun with it because I'm not trying to bang my head against beating it. I'll be able to pr explore different routes instead of do what I know works to get a certain level. And like, if I weren't playing the game for a podcast, I'm good. I'd like it a lot more. And I think I'm going to come back to it and really like it. But man, those those opening learning curve issues are rough. It's like uh, there's it, it it feels like to to make a non-video game analysis. It's like if you were if someone told you the rules of chess and then asked you to play chess, you had no idea why any move was good or bad because all you knew was the rules of the game. And it just you lose the game. And you're like, I don't know if I want to play this anymore because I'm not yet seeing why it's fun. Yeah. And I'm like at the point where I'm like, I can see why this is going to be fun if I get better. I think my biggest issue with it was that. When you died on a boss, it started you all the way over at the back of the beginning of, of the level. Yeah. Like, that just drove me crazy. Uh, and that's just a quality of life thing that's improved over the years. You know, and, and like you said, art artificially making it longer because it's a pretty short game, like you said. Uh, I think it. you beat it in, what, a couple hours? Yeah, so like I have yeah. a total of three hours into this game, and that is including the after-the-game content that they included as well. And I want to talk about that in a little bit, but I'm, I'm saving that up for a minute. <laughs> okay. Yeah, it only took about two and a half hours to beat. I didn't finish both kids' final stage. I just did all I, I did all their regular stages, got at least a passing, you know, a finished level grade, and then I did the Elliot stages, got the C's, and did Elliot's final stage. Now, so. two things. One, um, I did not realize this, but there is a Nights into Dreams-themed pinball area in Sonic Adventure. Yep. And, <laughs> wait. I didn't even know there was pinball in that game, so that's that's cool. That's just something I saw in here too. Um, I cannot figure out what the fuck this game is about. Um, oh man, I would hurt it with you there because like I played through the whole game like the whole time, just enjoying it for what it was. And every time there was like there was no story build up like in the game at all. So you just go from level to level and finish all the different dreams and everything. Yeah. <laughs> which made the ending of the game for each character really confusing but kind of hilarious at the same time <laughs> there's story in the manual of the game and the help files and all that and then 
people have compiled all the information into a wiki so I can kind of tell you what's happening in it. But man, it's really strange if you go in there without even looking up what, what's supposed to be happening. Yeah, because I wouldn't do this game without any Cause, manual or anything like that because I kind of wanted the blind experience. But the thing about this era of video games that I sometimes forget is there is stuff in the manual that is relevant to the game. Like, I bet the manual would have told me if I did the trigger buttons, I could do tricks while I was doing my flips. <laughs> so, the the main story is that there's these two kids who, um, they're under a lot of stress lately. Elliot is a young boy Feels. who, he likes to play basketball, shoots some hoops after school, but a couple guys who are no, up to no good started making trouble in his neighborhood. <laughs> so he starts getting bullied by high school kids, and, um... It causes him a lot of stress because he's, you know, this is his favorite pastime activity and he's just stressed out. And so that causes him to be really anxious and it causes him to have nightmares. The other kid, Claris, has a recital coming up for her vocal performance and she's like super nervous about that. And she overheard one of the judges make a disparaging remark about that she took to being about her. So both of them are freaking out about something that's coming up in the near future. And that's caused them to be really anxious. And so when they sleep, they're going into a nightmare realm pretty often. The Nightmare Realm is called Nightmare. The, the naming in this game is really bad. <laughs> Everything has really bad names. The, the terms Mare, Nightmare, and Nightmare and all refer to different... Or the terms Knights, Nightmare, Nightmare, and, and Mare all refer to different things. <laughs> so you end up in the world called Nightmare, but you're having a nightmare or whatever. And Nightmare is ruled over by this horrible thing called Wiseman. And Wiseman wants to take over the world the real world by corrupting people through nightmare and then corrupting nightopia which is the land of good dreams so that way he can get into the real world um so when you're apparently when your kids were in nightmares they met knights who was a former servant of wise men but now he's kind of rebelling against him and helping the people of the good dream dimension nightopia and the thing is whenever you pop into a dream it, he kind of helps calm you down you go into a regular dream instead you pop into though and nightmarens which are the servants of nightmare See, this is getting weird. Uh, attack you, and they take your... Uh, oh God, hold on. I have this pulled up because it was uh, one of the weirder com- uh, elements in the story. It's a, hey, kid, I heard you like nightmares. So we took nightmares and nights and mares and put them into more nightmares. <laughs> yep. So you have something called... Uh, basically, the every person in the world has like these five virtues called ideas, which are like... These dream these abilities that tie into your mental strength and your dream status. When you hop into the level at the beginning, you have four little monsters attack you and take four of yours, but you still have this red one beside you, and that's why you're like powerful enough to fight back because that's the red one symbolizes courage, and only the people that have that have the ability to hold on to their courage have the ability to fight back against nightmare. And then the when you go through the level, every time you hit the idea capture, which is the thing you break open with the twenty chips. That releases one of the uh, elements. So there's the, the white idea of purity, the blue idea of intelligence, the green idea of wisdom, and the yellow idea of hope. So once you get all four of those, all those elements back, then you can join up with knights and fight in again, fight in the nightmare world. Could they not have just licensed Dragon Ball Z? <laughs> <laughs> it's absolutely MacGuffin. Just ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, that's that's so silly, and it makes no sense. <laughs> it's hilarious. I love how simultaneously it's overcomplicated and overexplained, but it explains nothing. <laughs> it's very dream logic. I was gonna say, and I, I, don't, I feel like that's kind of like how dreams are. You sometimes get into a, re- a dream, right, and you just gotta do something in that dream. You know what I mean? Like you, you fall asleep and you're in a dream. And you just gotta do something. You know, it's something you have to do. It's a class you've never heard of before, but you got to go take the final yeah. and all that. And I kind of think that, that kind of dream logic is 
weirdly well captured in this game's story and in its uh, uh, environments. The story of this game, it it reminds me of like, okay, so grindcore bands, like the the bands that just they just pig squeal and just and there there's no actual lyrics. But if you look at their lyrics, the, the entire song has a whole whole lyrics like that are written out. But when you listen to the dude, he's just going like. <laughs> for like three minutes and doesn't say a damn word but yet the lyrics will be like yes the prodigy of the forthcoming tower of time is you know that's exactly what this makes me think of so i'm the guy that looked at the lyric sheets but y'all definitely didn't hear any of these lyrics because where would you have got any of that if you just played the game and the interesting thing too is like i know dalton did you get any ending of the game or did you kind of no i know you got um well you got um elliot's end I got Elliot's ending, the the basketball ending. Where he just, like, dunks on the kids, and now they're his, like, oh my gosh, this guy's awesome. Clarice's is just pretty similar, where she's doing the audition thing, and then, like, the director's sitting in his chair, getting all sleepy, watching the other kids do their audition, and then she comes up and starts singing, and he's like, and starts plotting like crazy. So it's very simple endings, and the thing about this story, to me, is, like, I'm not sure who it's for, because, like... I understand that it's obviously for a younger demographic, but even thinking to myself at that, what I would assume would be the correct age, a story's not interesting. Like, it's not a story about being a hero or a pirate or a dragon. You know, it's just kind of like, this kid wants to sing and this kid wants to play basketball. I mean, that's awesome, but it's not really, you know, the story that would grab me, you know what I mean? Maybe it's one of those stories about ordinary people finding their problems really extraordinary despite being mundane they visualize it to be too much and then they go out and have to fight kind of what's going on in their mind like the tv show doug or parappa the rapper that's you know true. both of those were small problems became larger than life i think that's that what makes sense for. like hey arnold too yeah um yeah hey arnold that's was there uh sorry i didn't mean to interrupt you but is there another ending to this because uh the this little thing i'm reading on the wiki says uh, once in Nighttopia, they discover and release knights who tells them about their dreams and wise man and his plans. Uh, three begin a journey to stop wise man and restore peace to Nighttopia. Um, but this is the part that's a little different. Uh, when they defeat wise man and Rila, uh, peace is returned to Nightopia and the world of nightmares suppressed. The next day, back in Twin Seeds, a cent- centenary ceremony begins, and Elliot is seen walking through the parade until he has a vision of knights looking at him through a billboard. Uh, realizing that Claris is performing in a hall, Elliot runs through the cl- crowd to see Claris on the stage in front of the audience. Uh, the two look at each other, and then it transitions to a spring valley in Nighttopia, which leaves ambiguity as to whether what they achieved was real or just another dream. Yeah, I definitely saw that piece of the ending, so like, I wonder yeah, if that's one okay. that you have to beat both to get. But yeah, oh, I saw that, but it didn't leave much of an impression on me either, honestly. Yeah. I feel like this game's uh, definitely in it, like in it for the experience, not for the story type. Yeah, because like I know we're talking a lot about the story and how it doesn't make sense, but I want to hammer home that that doesn't mean that I think it's in any way a bad game. Um, I thought the experience in itself, and like like they were talking about how it was a little bit frustrating, and confusing that the levels aren't well signposted things. But I think that that being said, there still are a lot of fun to play. Um, the controls actually grew on me the more I played it. So, like, I'm the only one that played through That's the entirety of the game. So, um, and the more I played, the more I've really found myself enjoying it. 
Um, I love the graphic style and the gameplay was fine. The bosses, I get why they are really frustrating on a first playthrough when you don't know what to do with them. But I think the, on a, on a second playthrough or anything like that, you'd have it kind of down. But I think that's also a problem I had with the boss fights is they are extremely difficult when you don't know what's going on and then trivial afterward. I don't think there's a midpoint where the boss fights are a good challenge. Yeah, I can see that for sure. But at the same time, just like the boss fights weren't what interested me so much in this game. It was the actual gameplay in the stages. Me neither. That's yeah. Me neither. That's why it bummed me out that I lost on him because the parts I liked, I was doing well in, and then it told me this irrelevant mini game meant that I didn't. Yeah, pass. I can definitely get that for sure. But like the again, these stages are really cool. A lot of them are just kind of regular Earth biomes. But there was one stage called I wrote it down. Uh, was it so- Soft machine or soft museum, the confusion, and then that level is like you have a lot more indoor areas too, and you're kind of when you fly up towards these walls that are kind of like doors, they bend in. Oh, that this level, weird, like, yeah. Archie type vibe. It has this like melty, non-real fluid, like indoor and outdoor at the same time feeling that's really dreamlike. And I thought that level captured the goal of the game in a really cool way, and like. I'm not saying I wish every level was like that one because that one the level had some gimmicks to it. The other outdoor, the fully outdoor levels had their free form feeling to them, and those were really neat in their own way too. I really like those stages. I just kind of wish there was a, a, like one or two more like that, and not necessarily just like green stage, wet stage, ice stage, other yeah. ice. Stage. Yeah, I think it is one of the ways this game falls short is that it's short. You know, I feel like this game. Yeah. And maybe that's what the Wii game does. Should have been expanded on to where each of the characters had like six or seven stages. That, And then the bosses just made a little bit more sense and weren't as big a part of it. Maybe some levels didn't even have bosses and they were saved for when they actually felt inspired by what they wanted to do with them. But I just think that the game could have used more of those stages where you're flying around and collecting the items. Because... I was bummed when I got done and found that there were really only seven stages. I was like, I kind of wanted more. Like That's one thing it did. It left me wanting more. Yeah. I can say this, man. I mean, it left me wanting more, but also in a way that I feel like I could be satisfied hopping back in and trying to beat what I did last time. Like, I feel like I could enjoy this game. I think I'll enjoy it more the more I play it, you know? It's just... Like, I'm not trying to knock down this game as a game. I think it's actually incredible. I'm saying it's hard to get over the initial hump... In, two, in 19 from a 1995 game in 2021 unless you're willing to put about three hours into learning the mechanics the basics mm-hmm. and the courses uh according to how long to beat.com the sequel is exactly double the length okay, okay. that might be good like, uh, that works for portal this, man uh nights into dreams it says main story two and a half hours and uh the other one the sequel is five hours what's the so. sequel called Night's Journey yeah, in the Night's Dreams. Journey in the Dreams. Night's Journey of Dreams. Uh oh. Okay. This game costs six dollars and fifty cents. <laughs> oh wow. That's cool. <laughs> so uh, That's a lot less than I was expecting. I might go try to search that out this week because that is actually completely worth it. I checked price charting just now and I'm like, yeah, I think that's worth less than ten dollars to me, just to find out what it's like. If you pick if you pick that up, give it a couple of spins and tell us about it next episode because I honestly might play Knights some more after this week and I'm kind of not feeling a follow-up per se. And Because, like, again, like I, I feel like just because I had a rough start with this game doesn't mean I'm not going to like it. Yeah. So, I, oh, go ahead, dog. I was going to say, I totally see why people um, rave about the music in this game, though. It was really good, very uh, catchy, and it fit the aesthetic that they were going for. I'm going to say that the music in this game 
mostly was great. The stage music and the boss music, I loved. <laughs> Title music, I'm not fond of. And the credits <laughs> theme, me and Nate kind of talked about this one a little bit before we started uh, today. Uh, Nate, I don't know if you wanted to lead in on this one because I don't think Doggy yeah, he would have got here. But it, uh, no, yeah, no. it's really interesting because like they made some decisions, were decisions on this made one. for sure. It's a vocal like song. so the music, like they said, was really cute and it fit the themes of the level of the game. And then there was the credit song, which for some reason had a very '90s R&B kind of flavor to it. But yeah, it feels like a kind of Janet Jackson yeah, song. And the, the singers, the the adult singers that they had doing it actually really good they sounded fantastic but they also had like two children which i'm assuming a boy and a girl singing in the background and oh my god they were so pitchy and ridiculous sounding compared to the song like it really just kind of just like like so jarring compared to the rest of the song it was just like what are they doing here i think i remember reading that if you 100 percent this game and like uh get max scores on every level that those children's voices change into adult voices <laughs> i saw something like something that weird. in the um i saw something like that in the wiki page for the song the song is called dreams dreams and um i don't know what like when i first heard it i like i, I was native like why is this uh, why they got kids bop on the final <laughs> song <man?" laughs> and then it's like you hear the kids kind of singing it's very like I don't mean to be mean because I think it's it's a deliberate stylistic choice. They're doing having the kids sing in this very "All I Want for Christmas Is My Two Front Teeth" <laughs> kind of way, and apparently there's an adult only version of the song that would, I guess you get if you get a, like all all A's or something, all B's, something like that. It, it says something about it in the page, but it's not very distinct. But one thing I thought I've, I've, I was reading about this, I thought this is really cool. The kid who sings the 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 young girl voice on this one, um, what was the name? Uh, Jasmine Allen comes back to sing the adult woman voice on this version of this song that's played in the night's journeys into dreams. Nice. It's like 11 years later or something like that. So I thought that's yeah, kind that of neat, really you know? cool. I like that a lot. So one thing I want to say too, about this version of the game, unless y'all had anything else about the actual game itself. Oh, I, no, I was about to ask you about uh, Christmas dreams. So yes. Yeah, so what I was going to say it. was it's like when I finished the game um, as both characters, it says, it puts this cute little splash screen up after the credits saying Christmas Nights is now available. And I was like, I didn't know what that was coming into it. I was like, is this like a second game or something that's included after I beat the first game? And I was just like, all right, I'm down. Let's check this out. So I'll, it, what it really was, in all honesty, was just a reskin of the first stage of the game where everything is super festive, like... The um, capsule that you have to defeat looks like a Christmas bell. Like the little stars you pick up are like Christmas stars. And there's like ornaments everywhere and everything's snowy and green with lights. And it was just so charming. I loved it so much. It made me so freaking happy the whole time I was in there. And they put this little cheesy backstory about how the kids were saving Christmas at the beginning of it too. So it was just whatever. <laughs> it was a little sad that like you had to play through it as both Claris and Elliot. It was the same level for both characters, and it was with the same first level boss, like the one that you were talking about, Dalton, like with the froggy with all the tails. Uh, yeah. So you had to fight that twice, essentially, to get the ending of Christmas Nights. But in the honesty, I didn't care. I just thought it was so charming and wonderful that how they put that together. Like, I recommend, if y'all don't want to play to get to it, like, look up a YouTube video of it, because it's really adorable. 
And I just didn't expect that at all. I didn't know what I was getting into. It just made me happy. Gave me the warm fuzzies all over. It made my whole night when I got there. Yeah, see, and that's like... Your whole night in the (laughs) dreams. I I thought that maybe that would be one of those things that only unlocks during December. Mm. You know what I mean? Or like... Mm. Because there are certain games that do that. Like, Batman does that with Calendar Man. Like, you go talk to Calendar Man on Labor Day, (laughs) and he'll say something about it being fucking Labor Day. You know what I mean? (laughs) Just like a little weird shit like that, but... But it was cool to me that like when you said that you had beat it and then you're like, oh, wait a minute. And then you said that it gave you Christmas, Christmas dreams. I was like, oh, that's cool. Yeah. And then it gave me something else when I beat Christmas nights. But it was just more of like showing you the collection of the, I can't remember their names, Night, Nightopians and Nightopians, Nightmares, Meepians, whatever. So it, it would show you yeah. the collection of what you had there. So it told you where you could go back to other stages and get more of them if you wanted to collect them all. But I wasn't super interested in that. I just really cared about playing the game and playing the levels. And Christmas Nights was great. Yeah. I see you got an achievement for moving a car or something. Yeah, what was so that I didn't even do this on purpose necessarily, but there was this one level where, like, do you remember the one where you, it was like an overhead view of you and you could go left and right and forward and backwards yeah. instead of, like, the normal horizontal yeah. axis? Well, if you look underneath you, there was a car going in like uh, driving around that area and you could lead that car into a garage if you led that car into the garage and unlocked that achievement oh it was cute yeah in that area i couldn't figure out if you could go down or not because i saw that there was a bunch of stuff like below where i was at i couldn't figure out how to get it i don't think you could go down i think that that was on like another mare like another loop of the level so i think you were going underneath it first and then on that mare you were flying over it so you couldn't swoop down and get it that makes more sense that makes more sense yeah i guess that was one of my little frustrations was just not knowing whether a mare was going to fade into the background as i or i was going to fade into the background because it was for another mare when i was trying to complete stuff but now that i've played through it i kind of know at least the basics of how to pass a level it feels like i have more time to explore and go free for yeah i think one thing that'd be really interesting about this game um playing it on a second or third playthrough is just like coming up with your routing and kind of perfecting how you want to go through each stage. I'm still not entirely sure whether trying to get all 20 chips and get to, out of the level is more efficient than taking extra laps with the I don't bonus know. points. I couldn't figure that out either. Like There were times where I, I, I kind of feel like you wanted to take your time. I don't think the time bonus was as important as getting more things because generally the longer <clears throat> I took, the better my score was. So I think... There's probably a difference between going for 100% A completion and speed running the game. I might be wrong about that. I haven't done any research, but that's the way it felt while I was playing it. I, I think that sounds right. I think that the, like the bonus, the time bonus is kind of flat, whereas the, the bonus points you'll get from getting all 20 chips and getting to the uh, Idea Collector as fast as possible, and then getting that double score bonus for the rest of the level, and then just flying around. I think that that should scale better. I, I think you know, so too. All the yeah. From tricking and picking up stuff especially if you can get long links together because when i first got going i couldn't get a link of more than like a chain of more than like seven links at the start but by the end i was doing like 30 at a time and i was like holy shit this feels incredible (laughs) so um this was the best-selling game on the saturn i believe that it was the 26 or no i'm sorry the 21st best-selling game in 96 well wasn't it a launch title with the saturn Mm -hmm. too so it was probably pack-in and then a game that most people that wanted the saturn would have gotten it's like saying wii sports is the best selling game of all time but that's just because the wii was such an incredibly selling system and it came with every single one 
Yeah, that that's fair. Um, would you guys like to know? <laughs> uh, it looks like there weren't a lot of uh, when it came out in the U.S. The only games available actually, Nights and Dreams didn't come out. Oh, really? When it came out in the U.S. It, um, it was a later release. They remember they did that stupid thing with a Saturn where they did, and it's releasing today, and most of the oh stores gosh, didn't know about right. it yet. Sega. Uh. Yeah. So they didn't even have the only good game they had finished was Panzer Dragoon, Virtua Fighter, and Clockwork Knight. Then they had a couple sports games and something called. I don't Power. remember Clockwork Knight. Um, yeah, Cl- Clockwork Knight is a title I remember, but I don't. I think it was like you were like a little cute toy thing. Yeah, releasing a big it. expense item like a video game system, saying it's out today, no one has planned to buy it. You're not going to sell them on that day. Bad choice. Yeah. I, mean, I think that's historically <laughs> yeah, known I, now, but. Uh. They got spooked so bad by PlayStation. PlayStation was undercutting them every step of the way, and they thought that was their one chance to get their get uh get sales in before it came out. Because they got when they did the first thing, they you know they had the whole thing with the Saturn announcement. And they showed all these cool games that were going to come out with the Saturn release, and you know they said you know they came out and they're like, "How's it going to be four hundred dollars?" And then PlayStation guy just comes up to the microphone, coughs, goes two ninety nine, just leaves. Yeah. And like from that moment on, Saturn was like playing yeah. catch up. So that the year that it came out, um, the, the these are Japanese sales, by the way. Um, the top ten games, gentlemen, number ten. Yeah, I, I'm super curious. Would you say it was ninety six? It's nineteen ninety six, and Knights was number twenty one on this list. Um, it actually Knights beat Persona. The first Persona is number twenty two. Um, <clears throat> Okay. Number ten, Dargon Quest Six. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I was like, which is just hilarious to that me. That is funny. <laughs> um, got them Dagrons. Number nine surprises me. I actually sent you guys a screenshot of this uh, game the other day. Toe Ball Number One, huh. which oh. is one of my favorite fighting so games sold. of all time. It sold big. They just never came out with Toe Ball Number Two. <laughs> um, no, yeah, they did. It's just it only released in Japan. They, they they never released it from my perspective <laughs> as a kid in America in the nineties. Uh, number eight was Ark the Lad two. Um, number s- these are games I remember hearing about that I haven't heard about a lot yeah. since then so far. You number know? seven, the Dragon Quest three remake for the Super Famicom. Oh, okay. That yeah, that I think that only came out in Japan, and that's all they needed. Um, number six was Super Mario sixty four. Wow. So you're telling me five games outsold Mario 64. This is getting interesting. Number five, Derby Stallion 96. What? I think that one was also a Japanese-only release, but... Uh, I've never heard of it. I could, I, I could get that. It was a, it was a racing simulation wow. thing. Horse racing simulation. Number four, Biohazard. Otherwise known in America as Resident, Resident Evil. Evil. Okay. Okay, yeah, that that would do it. Wait, can I, can I take a guess? You only have three left. I think... Has Metal Gear Solid come out yet? Because I think that might be in the last no. three. No, I think I think Metal Gear oh, was ninety seven. Ninety seven, I believe. Yeah. Um, Parappa? Nope. I give up. I was gonna say, I'll tell you that the, the the first three. There's only one PlayStation game. Um, no, number three, Dang. Super Mario RPG. Oh wow! Right. Well, I didn't realize that came out that late. Oh my goodness. Number two, Tekken two. Huh. Okay. Okay. Number one, and this is no surprise to anyone once I tell you. Pocket Monster, red, blue, and green. Oh, yeah, that's Pokemon was yeah. gonna kill everything in Japan for a long time after that. Uh, uh by about six hundred thousand units. Yeah, no surprise there. <laughs> <laughs> 
I mean, they that coming out with two additions to sell was absolutely brilliant because that means if you had brothers in your household, for instance, they weren't sharing a cartridge. They were mm-hmm. playing against each other, yeah. one on the red, one on the green. Shit, I, was I think Pokemon shit, is the reason Japan we finally got two Game Boys. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, well, it wouldn't it wouldn't surprise me. I know, like when I had my Game Boy, it was like telling my friends, "Oh man, you, you should get a Game Boy and you should get Pokemon. We could trade Pokemon." Come on, please. Yeah, I think Pokemon. <laughs> sold, I think game, Pokemon sold as many Game Boys as Tetris did, honestly. So, yeah, I mean, especially if you look at it long run. So I just thought that was interesting, man. I'm like, like there's a, a lot of good. That's games a cool that... snapshot of what was going on that era, because I mean, you have many different consoles at that point of time. You got you're talking about like Saturn, PlayStation, 64, Super Nintendo, Game Boy. I think they're probably. I don't know if arcade games would have counted for that, but no. like all that all together is like, you know, there's a lot of overlap in different flavors. Of and game. I mean, number twenty eight. 27 and 26 are all Saturn games. Uh, Fighting Vipers, Virtua Fighter 2, and uh, Tokimeki Memorial Forever With You. <laughs> that is, um, that's a dating uh, sim game. Hey, like you know, relationship, visual novel. I games. like dating sims. I don't know what it is about them, like the visual novel. Like I, like, I like those. I, I can't explain why, because a lot of people find them just to be boring as fuck. But like... I don't know. I, I enjoy the chase, I guess. <laughs> I feel like I would like them, but I've only ever played ones that have a twist to them, like Doki Doki Literature Club or um, Hotful Boyfriend. Yeah, I think there's uh, definitely yeah. a, specific, like, a specific demographic or market for that kind of game, and it just doesn't appeal to me, but I don't think there's anything wrong with it. I think there's definitely a market for it. <coughs> I think like games like Persona um, integ- integrate it really well. Yeah. Um, and as far as they make it part of your party building, like getting to know your party members and building those character relationships where then maybe then you can decide, well, do you like girl A, B or C and you can make them your girlfriend if you want type thing, or you don't have to do that with any of them. You know, it's a choice thing. Um, I just, I don't know. I think they do it very well. Do it very well. Um, yeah, man, gentlemen, is there anything else that you would like to bring up about nights into dreams? Um, I think I've covered everything that I need to about it. Um, want to go into ratings? We doing game ratings or? Yeah, that's what I was thinking. That's what I was thinking. Uh, I would give this a solid like seven and a half nights out of dreams. That's cute. I like nights that. Out of dreams. <laughs> Finally, the reverse. Actually, um, seven and a half was literally <coughs> what I was going to say because I feel like I got a seven experience out of a game that I could be giving a nine to. It's kind of like Doom, where I don't want to oversell it <laughs> before I finished it. But um, I, I'm, I'm, I'll go with 7 and Yeah, well. and I did finish this game. And when I first finished the game, I was like, yeah, I actually came up with that number myself, 7.5. And, and then I got to play Christmas Nights, and it bumped it up a full half star. So it is 8 nights out of 10 dreams for me. I really like this nice. game. Yeah. Uh, that's I'm kind of surprised. I am too. I thought there was going to be a wider so variety. I thought Dalton was going to go low on this one. <laughs> No, dude, I I found this game very charming, and something about the uh, the way the graphic style is, and I'm going to say this again, um, when we get to Trails in the Sky, uh, Legend of Heroes, um, there's just something about the graphical, the way they did it, that just tweaks this thing in my brain that makes me feel like 14 again, mm-hmm. and it makes me feel all warm and fuzzy. You know, it's yeah. I, don't, I don't I don't know how to explain it. I guess I guess it's nostalgia. Even though I have no nostalgia for this game, I have nostalgia for that style of animation and graphics. Yeah, and I even remember being when 
this game first came out thinking that the knight looked really, really cool. So it was a really fun experience for me yeah. to be able to play the game with that character in it because I've always kind of like enjoyed that character design a lot and playing the game. Oh, can I finally be the 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 counter guy, the counter guy on this one? I, a knight's character in design is iconic, but I think they look like a smug little creep. <laughs> When they did that boogity oogity oogity face in the in, uh, intro credit, especially, yeah, that, uh, yeah, it looks like it's very cutesy, but it, like they're also they're gonna steal your socks while you're asleep. <laughs> yeah, it's just like he he knows or they the knights knows it's the best one involved. Like I'm stronger than the nightmarians and the nightopians ain't doing anything. I'm the one that's gonna be the smart. I don't know, man. I think I think that knights has a sinister <laughs> alter ego or the plan or something. Yeah, and he poisons a water supply and kills a whole town and destroys the world. That's exactly what happens. Son of a submariner. <laughs> oh man. Well, gentlemen, that means uh, next week. Next week is going to be our Fallout Three wrap up. Uh, I am just about being fucking done with Fallout. Um, I put a lot of. I'm, I'm basically at the point now where I'm just roaming around exploring so hopefully i'll have some things to bring up uh, i do have one in particular uh that i hope you guys don't run into <laughs> because i had issues and i'm max level oh, wow. so yeah it would be I believe i've seen a certain phrase you've used a few times that could be abbreviated to dcs yeah yeah stay away from the dcs okay. <laughs> uh but we'll, we'll talk more about that next week um if you would like to find us on social media, you can go to uh, facebook.com slash Steam Machine Podcast, or you can find us over on Twitter at Steam underscore podcast. Uh, you can check out the website, like we mentioned earlier in the episode, at steammachinepodcast.wordpress.com. has all these cool little buttons you can press to take you to all this bullshit that I'm talking about. Uh, you want to check out the social medias? Boom, there's links there. You want to check out the merch site? Get you a nice Steam Machine Podcast t-shirt? Boom, there's a link there. You want to check out any of the three of our Twitch channels, which I will say that Nate's is the most active, and I'll let him tell you about that in just a second. Boom, there's a button there. And if you want to join the Discord, where you can come, chat with us about video games, tell us what you like about the show, tell us what you hate about the show, uh, give us ideas, or you can... most Sell essay writing services. Do what? <laughs> I missed that, sorry. I said sell essay writing yeah, services. Yeah, you want to see. We have had a couple of spam bots. You want to sell us essay writing services? Fuck, fuck yourself. Please don't but... do that. It breaks it breaks Dalton's heart. He gets so excited when we get new people. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll message these guys and be like, do you know this person? Hey, we don't know this person. Yay, new person. <laughs> uh, Conversely, if you want to do the opposite of break, because he really does get excited. I'm not just playing this up for the like, oh, oh, oh. like no, I'm, I'm, I'm serious. He, he really I does. Do. He's, he's absolutely chuffed by it. It's really fun I to do. see. I feel like Sally Field. They really like us. <laughs> they really like us. Um, but yeah, uh, it's a cool place. And you, like, most importantly, you can come and vote in the polls um, and help choose mm -hmm. what games come next. So you know, come join the Discord. Be a part of our little crew. It's fun, man. It's a good time. Oh, yeah. Nate, tell everybody where they can find you on social medias and your all your other places, good sir. Yeah, you can find me streaming on Twitch on Sundays and Wednesdays um, at twitch.tv slash turtlebearman. And that is also the name I use on Twitter if you want to get alerted to when I go live on stream at my Twitch account, turtlebearman. Yes, and Willie, would you like to plug the social media stuff that you never use? <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, um... I'm going to plug um, tea. Drink a nice Irish breakfast tea. It tastes good. <laughs> if I 
I don't know, if man. If I had to recommend a tea, I would recommend PG Tips. It's the most popular tea in Britain, and it's really good. And if you are like a southern jackass like me and you like sweet tea, it works for sweet tea too, and it's good. So I uh, I do suggest that. Uh, also, go watch American Horror Story, motherfuckers. <laughs> it's good. <laughs> it's good. Um, well, I think that about does it for this week, gentlemen. Um, next week, Fallout 3 wrap-up. After that, uh, the short poll is looking... So, okay, so I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and just talk about this right now. I had my vote for Tekken Seven. I installed Tekken Seven and was playing it, and I'm not gonna lie, the DLC shit that they've got for Tekken Seven, the fact that they've gotten four season passes for that game, when like I feel like if I would have bought one and then they released another and then another and then another, I'd have been pissed. Hmm. So it kind of took me out of it, and there was this weird like where it kept. Uh, like freezing for a frame and then going back into it. So I switched my personal vote over to Ubermosh, uh, personally. Um, which because I just figured that'll be a cool short little game. Uh, I own like I think all the Ubermosh games and I've never really played them much, so I thought that would be cool. Um, but really, I am just absolutely one hundred percent looking forward to starting Trails in the Sky. Oh yeah, that's definitely exciting. When I am too. So, but I definitely want to get the short game palette cleanser between Fallout and yeah. Trails before we get diving right into it. Yeah, absolutely. And it was funny because James uh, messaged me the other night. Uh, shout out James, the JRPG report, our resident JRPG expert, or at least that's what I call him. I don't know if he would, uh, you know, claim that himself, but he uh, he messaged me. He's like, hey, man, so Trails is coming up, huh? Uh, he's like, you're going to be needing me anytime soon. And I said, you probably have a few weeks, good sir. So I said, uh, <laughs> no rush. And he was like, awesome, man. He goes, I'm going to, you know, he's going to check it back. I don't know if he's going to play through it again, but he might go revisit some stuff and kind of double on that. So eventually, uh, you guys will probably get a little bonus episode one of these weeks with me and James talking about that and getting his spiel because he has been praising to me for all the years that I've known him now about how good the Legend of Heroes series is. And he actually, like when I was talking to him when I first was starting the show, I said, Trails of, Trails of, uh, shit, sorry, The Legend of Heroes, like Trails in the Sky, Trails of Cold Steel, I want to play them in order because it's one long story mm. that gets told over all of these games. So, and it just so happens that I didn't have to work the system. Steamy gave me the first game to put up, so that was cool. Perfect. So yeah, we'll, uh, we'll end it there. Next week, we'll be back wrapping up Fallout 3. It'll be fun. Uh, they are the Brothers of Destruction, Nate and Willie, Turtle Bear Man, and Ice Brand Studios. My name is Dalton. As always, guys, take it easy. Take it easy.